Today's episode is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash adventures in autism. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Before we get into today's episode, I just want to take a minute to talk to you about making authentic friendships. You might remember the founder, Juliana Featherman, from episode 34 of Adventures in Autism. She is an autism sibling who created this amazing interactive web app that enables children ages 13 and up and adults with special needs to make friends based on age, interest, diagnosis, and geographic location. Parents and caregivers can also sign up to connect with other parents and caregivers. For more info or to sign up, head to makingauthenticfriendships.com. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Adventures in Autism, episode 95. I am Megan Carranza. Thank you so much for coming to listen. If it is your first episode, welcome. So happy to have you. And if you have been listening, thank you so much for coming on back. And just to get started today, I have to say a huge, huge thank you to everyone who listened to last week's episode with my sister and everyone who has just reached out and supported her and sent prayers and love and well wishes. This has been, I mean, honestly, a nightmare to deal with, but the the outpouring of love has been such a bright spot in all of this. And it's really, it's it's meant so much to her and it's meant so much to me too, obviously. Um, when we recorded that episode last week, we were, we were preparing for her surgery if you haven't listened to that, maybe go back and listen. My sister was recently diagnosed with brain cancer and she recently had a, a, a major surgery to remove a very large tumor in her brain. Um, that was last week. And I had did a little update in the, the intro of that episode, just saying that the surgery was a success, but I didn't have a ton of info at that point. Um, we've since learned that it was a major success. They were able to remove 99% plus of her tumor, which is just the best news that we could have possibly asked for. So I will do um, an update episode with her, you know, sometime in the near-ish future, just because I've had so many of you reach out and just ask me to continue updating, which I appreciate so, so much. And I had said this a little bit last week, but honestly, it's amazing the, the parallels that you can draw in your life from like you know, just difficult things that you've gone through, especially now because she's recovering from surgery and she's beginning like PT and OT and speech. And it's crazy how so much of like what I've learned going through this, you know, therapy journey with Logan is now like helping us on this journey with her. So we are expecting her to make a full recovery. And obviously that's what we're hoping for. Uh, And she has, you know, a, a great team and obviously tons of supportive people in her corner and all her friends and family. So we'll definitely keep updated with that. Um, But switching gears to today, my guest is Lori Hellman, who is a fellow autism mom and podcaster. I was actually a guest on her show just a few weeks ago. Uh, Her podcast is called Living the Sky Life. And she's just an amazing mom and a wonderful person. She recently wrote a memoir. So we're talking all about her 
just her life today. We're talking about her life with Skylar, who's now 17. She's super honest and open. One of the things that I really appreciated her kind of diving into is, you know, having a, a teenager who they're, they're still having difficulties with potty training. And that's something that I think is hard to talk about and something that we don't always want to talk about. But Lori is just, she's so open and shares it in such like a real and relatable way. Um, I just, I really appreciated her, her honesty and just her being so candid. So we just talk all about her life with Skylar. Um, she's, she's divorced and remarried and her current husband is just incredible. He actually adopted Skylar. I don't want to tell too much of the story because I want to let her go ahead and tell it. Uh, but we just had an awesome conversation. Lori is, she's just awesome. So I know you're going to enjoy listening to this conversation. We did have a little bit of an audio issue. Uh, there was like a little bit of a delay. Everything comes in clearly. And honestly, the conversation is so good. I don't think it will be an issue for anyone listening, but I just wanted to put that out there. Um, but yes, yeah, so without further ado, I hope you enjoy listening to my conversation with Lori. Hi, Lori. Welcome to Adventures in Autism. Hello. So great to talk to you today. I know you too. I'm so excited to have you. So you and I were connected through social media, Mm -hmm. through another wonderful podcasting friend of ours, Melinda Cook, uh, who has the mastermind. She's definitely a, a friend of the pod around here. And she had actually told me about you a while back. And then as life would happen, I kind of forgot about it. And then we were on this awesome call we did a few weeks ago, we need to do again, with um, just a group of us podcasting moms. We did a Zoom call. Obviously, we're in quarantine times here. And it was just nice to kind of reach out and connect. And that was when you and I were able to really connect. And I I, I have been wanting you on the show, so I'm super excited to get you on because I feel like we have so much to talk about. Uh-huh. <laughs> I know. So if you will kind of take us back to the beginning of your journey. I know your son, he's 17 now. Yep. Right? Okay. So there's a lot to share. (laughs) A lot of years. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So it's up to you, you know, how much detail you want to dive into in like the early years, but I would love to hear kind of everything. So yeah, take us back. Yeah. You know, my story I'm sure is very similar to a lot of the listeners and a lot of podcasters and everyone who talks about their journey. But um, Skylar was diagnosed at the age of three, Um, but he was born a month early um, really with no cause, we, we still really don't know why he, um, decided to, uh, come out early, but, um, he was about a month early and he was six pounds. I mean, pretty much normal, um, as far as size goes and all of that, but he, um, had to stay an extra day in the hospital. He was pretty jaundiced, just some of the kind of routine things, I think. Um, but we noticed that about, gosh, I mean, early on, I noticed he couldn't nurse at all. Um, Mm -hmm. he was my first child, so it was very challenging and traumatic because I had all these plans and he just would, he was losing weight so quickly. Um, and come to find out, of course, many years later, it was his muscle tone. He just had Mm -hmm. very poor muscle tone throughout his entire body. He was extremely hypotonic and we didn't realize at the time that that obviously affected his ability to, to suck and, you know, just to eat food and any of those things mm-hmm. uh, properly. So he um, was diagnosed at like eight months with um, developmental delay. Uh, the pediatrician said, you know, let's go ahead and get our state program first steps in. 
um, and do PT and OT. And then they added speech, obviously, a little bit later to that. But he just hung like a rag doll um, in the little Johnny Jumper thing. I have pictures of him. He drooled all over the place. I mean, he just was a floppy little, you know, just doll of a child. And then just even with the First Steps intervention, he just really wasn't making many strides. Physically, he couldn't, he didn't end up walking until he was almost three. Um, He Mm. never crawled. He sat in one of those little bouncy seats, gosh, until he was probably two, like at Christmas to open presents or whatever. He just couldn't sit up on his own. Just very, very hypotonic. Um, So then after all of the first steps, it was about age two or so that the pediatrician asked us to go to neurology because Skylar started having seizures um, Mm -hmm. out of nowhere. Um, And then, so he had seizures from age two to four. So when we went to the neurologist, the neurologist is actually the first person to say um, he has autism. I mean, just kind of matter of fact like that. We thought we were there to talk about seizures and he would just laid it on us. And then he just started handing us phone numbers of other parents that had children on the spectrum and we were blindsided. I had no idea that that was even a thing. You know, I hadn't done any research at all. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, cause I That's just surprising to you. Yeah. I just thought he was delayed. I just thought the muscle tone was the problem for everything because that's what all of the therapists kind of kept alluding to. Like, you know, he just, he has to work so much harder to get to where everybody else is at his age. Um, because he mm-hmm. just started out so behind and that they always kept saying, He's working so hard to learn to crawl and to walk and to finger or pincer grasp his food and things like that, that speech will come. It'll, it'll come later. That's just too much for him to try to take on. And we just kind of kept buying into that. So when Mm -hmm. this neurologist threw out autism, I'm like, oh my gosh. So I immediately started researching that. um, And our pediatrician said, you know, you probably should be diagnosed officially at the um, autism center up in Indianapolis. So we called there and it was a year and a couple of months waiting list to -hmm. get the official diagnosis. Like I'm sure everyone else experiences too. Um, Mm -hmm. So he was officially diagnosed by them at age three. And then the seizures went away at about age four, just as quickly as they came on, they disappeared. Yeah. It was so random. So weird. (laughs) I still can't explain that part of it. Um, But you know, since his diagnosis, um, that before the autism diagnosis, it was just PDD NOS, just trying to get him something as far as services. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's been a long road and we are still, you know, fully ingrained in therapy all the time. He's still nonverbal at the age of 17. He's never uttered a word. Um, Not really many sounds. I mean, he laughs and he, you know, now it's funny. It kind of scared us because after he went through puberty, his high pitched little giggle turned to a deep man belly laugh. (laughs) It just hit us one day when he started laughing. We're like, oh my gosh, where did our little boy go? He's a man now, but, um, but that scares the crap out of me, but yeah. So with the communication challenges and I mean, we've done it all. We've done pecs, we've done devices, um, the iPad, sign language. It's just nothing has ever clicked with him. Um, So I'm sure that's partially to blame for him, you know, being nonverbal. And also it's really hindered our ability to try to potty train him. We've tried 
numerous times, um, several methods and nothing has stuck with him. So he's still in pull-ups, which again is getting more challenging because he's, you know, five foot four and he's, you know, 125 pounds or whatever. I mean, we're getting close to have to move to a depends type of a situation because mm-hmm. he's just outgrowing mm-hmm. everything. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's a, it's a daily, daily struggle. <laughs> he's definitely severe. Um, if they yeah. even classify it that way anymore. So I know they're like always changing the terms of things. Mm-hmm. Um, I appreciate you saying that though, because I, I know I have had several guests on who have like older kids mm-hmm. and that's never something that I want to bring up because it's like, that's really personal, you know? So it's like, that's up to you whether you want to share that or not. Um, but I appreciate you saying that because I remember when Logan was, little and he you know he'd been diagnosed at that point and I remember reading something about the statistics of like you know adults in the spectrum who don't ever get potty trained Mm -hmm. and thinking like oh my gosh like is that gonna be our life like is he gonna be you know in 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 diapers his whole life and I'll be honest at that time it it really scared Mm -hmm. me like it was it was terrifying but then as, as he got a little bit older and I mean he's mostly potty trained now he's six or he's seven um, he got potty trained when he was six but even when I when he was six and I was still like you know kind of changing diapers and stuff I was I was less scared of it at that point though because I was like okay this is what I'm doing now and if someone had told me I was going to be changing a six-year-old's diapers when he was a baby I would have thought they were crazy but like this is this is just our life now this is what we're mm-hmm. doing I'm so thankful that we were able to, to get him to the point where he's at now. But I do think that it's interesting. Like as time goes on, the things that scare you, you realize like, Oh, this is just our life. Mm-hmm. Like this isn't scary. Yeah. And you just have to learn to to handle it. And it's just second nature for us. We don't go anywhere without a, like a drawstring, you know, diaper bag, makeshift bag mm-hmm. or whatever with diapers and wipes and, um, you know, I think for us too, it's not only a communication issue um, with him being able to signal that he has to go to the bathroom. Uh, it just for a long time, it seemed like he just didn't care. And I know from, you know, all of your three children of potty training and, and my daughter too, I know that as soon as they feel that sensation and they don't like to have an accident on themselves or whatever, or don't like to be wet in their pull-ups or whatever it is, they're ready because that's a mm-hmm. good signal. But with Skylar, it just never seemed like he was ready. It's only been in the last, I don't know, eight months or so, eight to 10 months that he has exhibited. He gets very frustrated. Like if he, if he pees a little bit in his pull-up, mm-hmm. he comes and finds us wherever we are and starts banging on a wall or whatever, wanting to be changed, which is a great, great thing. And we, yeah. you know, we're always trying. Uh, we just have to wait for the right time that all the therapists and we all agree that it's okay to go ahead and try this again. Cause it is a full on program, just like potty oh, training yeah. a, a two-year-old or a three-year-old with 17. It's just the same. You have to do the every 15 minutes, the, you know, mm-hmm. and then try to make them understand what it is that, why we're doing this and why you're going in the bathroom. And he's just done it mm-hmm. so long in pull-ups that I think he thinks that's what you're supposed to do. He doesn't know. Well, like we were saying, that's, you know, it becomes your normal to be changing his pull-ups for him. 
that's his normal. That's that's how he goes to the bathroom. Um, I remember when we first started ABA and we were kind of talking about the possibility of potty training and just sort of working on that. Logan's BCBA was telling me about a a 14-year-old who she had started working with on potty training. And she was a, a newer BCBA. So I know like he probably had been in therapy beforehand. And I don't know if they just had like failed attempts or what. But she was telling me that they were trying like this new potty training protocol with him and that he was, he was just able to be potty trained at 14. I I started bawling my kitchen when she told me that. (laughs) I was like, I'm crying for those parents because I'm so happy for them that they have been, you know, changing their son's diaper his, his whole life. He's 14. And now they're, they're finally free of that. So I'm saying this to you because I mean, if, if someone, again, had told me that a child could be potty trained at 14, it's like, you hear so often, like, oh, if they're not doing this yeah. by this age, they're never going to, they're not doing this. And it's like, we know that that's not <laughs> true, but I still, I love hearing stories like that because it just like, I've always said like, hope is the most important thing on this journey. And it doesn't matter how old your child is, like you have to hold on to hope. Absolutely. So that's amazing that he's, like you said, he's understanding now, like, oh, I just went, I'm like, comfortable. Mm-hmm. I want to, I want to be changed. I feel like that was definitely a challenge for us with Logan too, because he really didn't seem to mind being mm-hmm. wet when he was, he was little. And honestly, I still think the, the main reason why we are able to have him potty trained is because he still gets a reward. He still gets candy mm-hmm. and it might be like one Skittle now, you know, if he goes, um, but he's waiting for that. So it's like, that was really motivating to him, but yeah, it, it just kind of depends on, you know, the kid and the timing. And that's something that I've, I've had so many parents ask about with potty training and I I wish there was some kind of magic Mm -hmm. answer, but it really is so much about like timing and what's right for that. that And finding a motivator. Like that was our other problem is he doesn't like candy. He doesn't like, you know, he never played with toys appropriately or anything. So getting him a little matchbox car every time, you know, things that other parents do. And another parent told me once um, that, their child loved pushing buttons. So if they went on the potty, she would always like, like let him go into the garage and push the garage door up and down. And that was a great reward. Mm. We have taken the Elmo, you know, DVDs in the bathroom and he just, he's so bullheaded that he's just like, I don't care. If you tell me I can only watch Elmo if I go into the bathroom, then I won't watch Elmo anymore. I really don't care. I mean, he just, he gives you that look like, so, (laughs) so I'm like, I mean, man, I don't know. It's hard. I know. I had one friend who, and her daughter is typical, but she said that her reward for going potty was getting a swipe of lip gloss. <laughs> like that word for it. Like, God bless that child. <laughs> but yeah, it's true. It's like, you just got to find, you know, what, what's motivating to them. And we, I mean, I'm sure you, you deal with that now with other things too. It's like, we're constantly with, with Logan in, in therapy and in school, just trying to find different ways to motivate him. And thankfully candy and like food stuff, is very motivating but we also find that he has like certain little sensory toys like at school they have this like squishy pig I honestly think it might be a dog toy but it's like this pink pig and they will they'll use that as a motivator they're like okay when you when you finish this task then you get you know time with your pig or we'll say kind of like I used to with the Elmo like if we're doing uh you know a, a program or something it's like okay finish this task and then you get to watch, watch Mickey for five mm-hmm. minutes you know what I mean like just kind of trying to find that motivator because that that motivation piece really is key for like yeah everything. and believe me I am not above dog toys one year Skylar's entire stocking was full <laughs> of dog toys because I I used one of the squeak toys with our dog and he 
giggled and mm-hmm. giggled and smiled. And the spiky balls that squeak are his like favorite thing. So I uh, believe yes. me, he got a lot for Christmas and the dog and he fight over the toys. <laughs> it's like, whatever, I don't care. You got to get creative. One of Logan's favorite little sensory toys is actually, it's a silicone like dish brush. Like a, it looks, it looks like a sponge, like the same shape as like a sponge would be, but it's silicone and it's got these like, like really soft little silicone teeth. He loves that. He like squishes it. He plays with it. He sometimes will chew on it. It's like anything that you can (laughs) find that, that works as a sensory item. It's like, okay, that's fine. Got to get creative sometimes. (laughs) Um, that's awesome. Well, thank you for sharing that and just being so honest. You and I were talking beforehand and, and you had mentioned, so you also have a, a typical daughter. How she old is will she? She will be 15 next week. Yeah. So, oh, wow. so teenagers. Yep. How is her relationship with her brother, especially now that they are teenagers? Um, it's definitely gone through phases. I've, I've addressed it on a few episodes of my podcast too. And I think, you know, I always tried to raise them exactly the same and to encourage her to play, try to play with him. And when they were little, it was great. They were, we had a a room that was kind of a designated ball pit. Um, It was full Mm -hmm. of those ball pit balls. And, um, you know, she would throw one and say, Skylar, go get the orange ball or the blue ball. And they'd play for hours like that. He was oblivious to what, but she just kept trying. Um, and then of course, just like mm-hmm. any siblings, um, special needs are not thrown into the mix. They, you know, have gone through their years currently even of really annoying each other. He, you know, grabs the pencil mm-hmm. out of her hand when she's doing her homework at the table or, you know, just he's annoying and he, he is a hair puller, um, mm-hmm. does it to her and to me. He used to do it to all, all, all <laughs> of his therapists. We always warned them, put a baseball hat on you know, put your hair up in a ponytail or whatever. It's just a sensory thing. He loves hair and like string and mm-hmm. all that stuff. So he goes after her a lot because he doesn't like to share attention at all. He's smart enough, mm-hmm. obviously, to know that he has to share his time when she's here and he doesn't like it. So he attacks, you know, her instead of, you know, getting mad at us or whatever. So their relationship mm-hmm. is a little strained right now. <laughs> And also with the quarantines not helping, I'm so glad he went back to his full-time ABA program um, this week. So, you know, she's home, obviously the school's being closed. So she gets a little more time with just us when he's at school all day, uh, which is helpful. Mm -hmm. But I just hope, you know, and I ask a lot of the guests that have, that are older um, siblings, or they have, you know, older siblings on the spectrum that are all adults now. And, and just, if they resented their special needs sibling when they were growing up. And, and if that just changes over time and they all say that it does, you know, so I I think it's Mm -hmm. normal for her to have some resentment about autism in general. And I think there's times she feels Mm -hmm. like that's the primary focus in our lives. And it's, it's annoying to her and frustrating that we can't do some things because he doesn't like the situation. It's too loud. It's too this, it's too that. So we have to separate always. And, you know, do separate things with each other. So that's, you know, it's just your typical growing pains, I think. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think typical siblings go through that too. Like there's always times when, especially teenagers, you know, people, you, there's times when there's, there's contention no matter what the relationship. So I feel like that's actually like probably really appropriate, you know, to have these sort of like contentious times. Um, But I mean, 
I think that, like you said, for your daughter to, I think about, you know, what it's like to grow up with a, a sibling with autism all the time. And I think about it for my girls. And like you said, like there's so many times when we're doing something and we have to leave or we have to change plans. And we're really lucky with Logan that he's very adaptable. And there most of the time, like we're able to, you know, kind of plan things and work things out so that we know like this is going to be like the best setup for him to be able to enjoy these activities. But still, there's definitely times when mm-hmm. things go haywire and, you know, we have to we have to sort of like change our route with things. And I, I mean, my girls are little. So at this point, it's like they're mm-hmm. they're kind of used to it. And Liliana, especially because she is like very understanding and she knows what's going on so much more now. She definitely does like ask more questions and I'm lucky she has been like really understanding, but I definitely do think about, you know, the future and like, is there going to be a time when it's like, she's not so tolerant of these, these I think they, they, you know, the blessing behind all of it though, for, for our neurotypical kids is they learn, you know, yes, they grow up maybe a little faster than some of their, their friends, but they learn true empathy and understanding at such a young age. I mean, I, there's no way that Kendall would, would, would ever or has ever you know, stared at someone that's, that looks different or is disabled or she, she doesn't, she just doesn't think that way. Everybody to her seriously is equal. And, you know, she's not afraid to go up to anybody and talk to them or I don't know. I mean, I just Mm -hmm. feel like there's so much of that that's so lacking. If you don't have a personal um, experience growing up with someone that's a little bit different or has different needs or needs a little more assistance or whatever it is. I don't think people encounter that in everyday life um, always. And so they don't know mm-hmm. how to react or what to do when they're in high school and there's somebody that has a, a, a special need or a disability and they just, I don't know, still treat them like they're different. And I, I love that at least she is just such a kind hearted, gentle person. Um, and I attribute a lot of that to just what she's grown up with. So, I mean, I, I guess that's the silver lining if there is one, <laughs> you know, I, I hate totally that robbed of, yeah. you know, think, having a sibling to play with though. I think that that's unfair and I, I hate that for her, you know, that challenge, but yeah, there's, I mean, there's definitely, there's, a, there's a lot of spots that are, that are really hard, but I do think like the, just the good and what kind of what comes from having, I think for a sibling or anybody like having someone with special needs in your life is it will, it will teach you things that you Mm -hmm. never would learn otherwise. And I think especially for these siblings where it's like, they grow up with this, you know, firsthand. Cause I mean, I went, you know, I, I had Logan, I was 27. So it was like, I went 27 years without having, you know, someone close to me who had special needs and the, what I've learned being his mom in these last seven years is more than I ever could have possibly learned, mm-hmm. you know, without him. So, and for his sisters too, it's like, they're, they're just growing up with this and like, this is their version of normal. And I, I really, I, I think we're, mm-hmm. we're so lucky. Yes. Um. So tell me also, because I know you, you and Skylar's dad mm-hmm. were divorced and then got remarried and like I was telling you, I've, I've had several, you know, single parents on the show at this point. I always think that's a really interesting perspective because I think, I mean, this is a, a hard road, even when you have, you know, a great partner, but then to be doing things solo is definitely, I just, I give all mm-hmm. the credit to single parents. 
Um, and I'm so happy for you that you are able to kind of, you know, I don't want to sound cheesy, but <laughs> like know. find love and, you know, that's so important. So tell me, tell me about that and what that was like, you know, just meeting someone and, and dating and being like, I have a very unique life and this is it. Like, what I mean, was that like? Honestly, when I got divorced, um, Kendall and Skylar were three and five. Um, so, you know, the challenge in the beginning, I think not even thinking about myself was, um, the, we did week to week. Um, so week on week off with the custody. Um, it was torture for me, um, to not have my kids for a week. And that was, I just, I spent so much time crying about that. Um, but you know, I just Mm -hmm. felt it was in their best interest to obviously have equal relationship with their dad and, and all of that. Um, but I always was so concerned because with Skylar not being able to, you know, articulate what it is that he feels or thinks, I worried, like, is this just way too much chaos for him, you know, going back and forth and having two different bedrooms and two different kitchens and just all of those things, because, you know, obviously our kids thrive on, you know, schedules and and surroundings that are familiar to them. So that was a huge, um, just weight on my shoulders, just worry about them. So I didn't even focus on myself, really. I I was honestly, I had, I don't know, I just had decided that I was going to be single forever. I mean, it was a package deal with these two kids. Skylar was a lot. And I thought, you know, I'm never going to meet anybody that can really love him and accept him um, for for who he is. So I just dismissed it, really. And then um, a, a friend a mutual friend of my husband and mine, um, set us up, introduced us. And, um, we, had, it was just kind of, it's funny because you know how you and I and, um, Melinda, who you mentioned earlier, we all share the same birthday. So when I, when I met yes. my uh-huh. now husband, um, we both have the same career. We both, um, were involved in a lot of like hobby things that are similar. And his birthday is the day before mine. And we're the same age and he had never been married <laughs> and I, no kids. And I'm like, okay, what's wrong with him? <laughs> like, it's just way too good to be true. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I, um, dated him for a while before I introduced him to the kids. Um, it wasn't too long though, because I didn't want to waste a year or so. I shouldn't say waste, but spend a year getting to know him and, and not letting him meet my kids. And then, you know, I really like him. And then he's horrible with my kids. So it was only like maybe yeah. six months, five or six months that we dated. And I invited him over to dinner and um, the kids were there. And I just said, you know, this might be a lot, but I just want you to meet them. And he didn't even get in the doorway. And Skylar grabbed his hand and walked him to his bedroom and showed him all of his toys, you know, not saying anything, but just took him all around and just mm-hmm. instantly the bond that they had, I'm kidding, I'm not kidding you. It was, it was divine intervention. It, even now their relationship oh. is so strong. Uh, I mean, Skylar can be asked to do anything by my husband, Josh, and he will do it. And if I ask him, he just ignores me. So, you know, typical, <laughs> but it is, I mean, oh and my, and my daughter as well. I mean, they, they, Josh is very sarcastic and, and, quite funny, like myself. So my daughter also has an incredible sense of humor. So we all just, we laugh a lot. I mean, I say that a a ton, but it's true. We just try not to let the, the diaper blowouts and the, all the stuff stress us out. 
we laugh about a lot. Mm -hmm. He is a godsend. He is an amazing person. So I'm in that sense. Yeah. And then um, (laughs) my heart is just like, it can happen. I just think that, you know, someone asked me this question recently about, you know, what do you do if um, you are single and you are dating and someone struggles really to, to understand how to interact with your special needs child um, or your kids in general. And they say that, you know, that they, they're willing to, to work on it and they want to try to me that, I mean, and this is just an end of one, but if someone has to try to, to manage my situation and, and the kids, it's kind of a deal breaker for me. I mean, I understand people, you know, Mm -hmm. giving it their all and all of that, but if you have to learn to manage and to get kind of get over the situation, I don't know that you really are going to be invested. I just think you have to go with your gut Mm -hmm. and it can't be about just you finding someone. You have to find somebody that is all in, that is going to change the pull-ups with you. That's going to be up all night with you and not complain about it. And every other thing that we go through that they have to be an equal partner or it just won't work. I love how you said it was like divine (laughs) intervention because it really does seem like that that's kind of how it has to be for, like you said, for things to, Mm -hmm. to kind of fall into place. Like it just really, I mean, I think in any situation, you know, for any relationship, like it just has to be, you know, the, the right timing, the right person, like ever, like the stars just kind of have to align. And I think with, you know, adding a child with autism, it's just like that, that extra layer that it's like, okay, like everything has to kind of fall into place for this to work. But, you know, you're living. Yeah. And I mean, the icing on the cake of the whole thing is last year, Josh adopted Skylar. So he actually his son. Yeah. My ex-husband just really couldn't, you know, I mean, and, and that, that happens to a lot of families. He just couldn't manage it. He just, he just was not on the same page with me with, um, you know, schooling and therapies and all the things. Um, I've kind of always felt like I've been on my own when it comes to Skylar until Josh came along and, you know, it just kind of came up, um, you know, would you allow Josh to adopt him? And he signed the papers pretty much on the spot. So you know, on the one hand, it's incredible. I mean, wow. Josh bald. I just kind of made a joke out of it. Like, you know, it's a, I forget what he was like a five foot, five foot one, whatever, <laughs> and pound boy. Congratulations <laughs> or whatever, but um, it's a boy. Yeah. I mean, it was, it's amazing. Um, you know, but the, but the caveat to that too, is trying to um, make sure Kendall understands that he loves her just as much, but it wasn't an option to adopt them both. You know, it was, only Skylar and um but she I feel like she gets it and she understands and and we've talked at length about it and but those are just some of the crazy situations and scenarios that families go through that are just not not the norm but uh you know mm-hmm. we just we just roll with it but yeah it was exciting it was pretty cool you are oh wow oh mm-hmm. my god that's amazing. That was actually going to be my next question was because you said the kind of, you know, in the beginning, what mm-hmm. was so hard was like the going back and forth. And so I, I was going to ask that is what's their relationship like now? But did, did they know um, kind of it goes no? back and forth week to week? Oh, wow. So, um, th- you know, that's why I think that presents the challenge for Skylar when when I said, you know, when she's here, because he has a week with us all to himself. 
at his every beck and call and going to the restaurant he likes and everything he wants to do. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, when she comes, you know, I'm all in cause I only, you know, get to see her two weeks every month. So I, I want to do everything possible with mm-hmm. her, which Josh he totally makes happen. He's all in with me spending one-on-one time with Kendall as much as possible. But, um, you know, Skyler doesn't like mm-hmm. it. <laughs> he just wants the three of us to do what we I'm- do and whatever. So it is an adjustment. Um, but yeah, he, oh. he's completely, he's a Hellman. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. That's amazing. Well, yeah, your husband does sound like just yeah. a real hey. gem. So good work. <laughs> I <take> all the <laughs> credit. <laughs> oh, um, okay. So tell me, cause you had, you had just uh-huh. kind of said, so you have a podcast, which I want to hear about. And then you also have a book that's coming out, which is so yeah, exciting. So my tell me podcast, about all that. Um, that you're actually going to be airing on here in a couple episodes. Um, <laughs> it's called living Woo-hoo. the sky life. Um, <laughs> and it's fun. I mean, I, I started it, um, because of, of you and, and Melinda and the other podcasters I I'd listened to. I just wanted to bring yet another voice of um, someone who has experience with an older child on the spectrum. I myself am trying to use that platform to uncover more and more parents out there with teenagers and young adults um, on the spectrum so that we can share ideas because it's scary. Once they hit Mm -hmm. 21, 22, a lot of things kind of shut their doors and opportunities dry up for our kids. Um, So I'm, I'm just trying to, to find those people to help me pave the way or to that have already paved the way for me. So, um, that's that part of it. And then, um, yeah, I wrote a book. I, I wrote it actually last June and, um, it's actually a full circle of a year. It'll be out next month. Um, yeah, everything we've talked about, um, (laughs) and you've said it a couple of times, I think the title of the book is welcome to my life because that is exactly what I say all the time when people are like, Oh my gosh, like welcome to my life. I say that phrase so much that I'm like, it's the perfect mm-hmm. title. So, <laughs> so yeah, it just, yeah. it really chronicles, um, our entire life. You know, my pregnancy with him, my pregnancy with Kendall, the divorce, just all the therapies we've tried over the years. Um, I mean, just, you name it, it's in there uh, about marriage and about raising a, a neurotypical child alongside of a special needs child and all of that. And I, my hope is, Obviously, families with children on the spectrum, if they read it or hopefully they read it and they can nod their head and relate to a lot of it, um, maybe pick up some some suggestions that that I've gone through to, you know, try on their own lives. But um, my my bigger hope is that teachers and counselors at, you know, school level counselors or family therapists, um, anyone else that maybe doesn't have a direct link to a special needs child. Mm-hmm. Um, reads it and understands all the perspectives. So what your neurotypical children maybe are going through so that they can help them in a therapy session or at school if, if the kid is having depression or anxiety or some of the things that my daughter goes through, that they can understand where she's coming from of, of living and growing up with someone in their family with special needs. It's a different level of, of problems and um, you know thoughts that that the neurotypical kids go through that I think are sometimes overlooked. So I just, it's, it's really for everybody. It's, it's not geared towards just people with um, a family relationship to someone on the spectrum. 
because we all live it. I mean, a lot of the people mm-hmm. probably understand and the same experiences as me. It's just, I hope to reach a broader audience with it. I, I love that you said that. Cause I feel like that's something, you know, with the podcast, it's like my, my goal really is to like help and support the autism community. But I, I also just as, you know, a parent of a child with autism, it's like, I want to mm-hmm. just open people's eyes to, to, like you said, like your daughter has grown up with this. So it's like, she would never look at someone differently if they were, you know, acting a certain way. Whereas like mm-hmm. most people, they would, they would give you that, that look of judgment, that look of pity. And it's like, that's why it's so important to, to reach the people who don't know anything about autism and kind of show them like, look like this, like my child Mm -hmm. is the face of autism. Your child is the face of autism because it's like people, they have this idea, especially now Mm -hmm. with like shows like the good doctor or atypical, which like, I'm happy that those shows are out there. I think it's important just that like autism is in the media at all, but it's like, people have this idea of, you know, what someone with autism looks like. And it's like, it's Mm -hmm. a person with autism looks like anything. They're not all savants. I mean, I I don't feel like, the severe end of the spectrum is represented as much as, as it should be. Because like you said, most times, you know, when Mm -hmm. you see someone that's labeled autistic in a show or, or in media, they usually are, you know, a savant or, or, I mean, they're all highly intelligent, but you know, someone that doesn't speak Mm -hmm. and that has all kinds of, I mean, I also profile in there, all of Skylar's um, health issues. I mean, he has, so much going on with his belly and he has ulcerative colitis and just all of the GI stuff that people don't really talk about and don't realize. And I just want, like, kind of like you said too, I just want people to, to cut some of us parents a break. You know, if if my kid's having a meltdown in a restaurant banging on the table, I'm not a bad mom. I'm doing the best I can to keep his hands quiet and control him. Trust me. It's embarrassing for me as much as you don't want to listen to it. But I just want people to have a little bit of sympathy and empathy, you know, for what we go through. Mm-hmm. It's not easy. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks. Oh, my gosh. Well, I can't wait to read your book. I'm so excited about that. That's amazing. Um, sure. Thank you so much for just coming on the show and sharing your I'm so glad that we got to connect. I keep forgetting. I, I always, it, it took me a while to remember too, that me and Melinda have the same birthday, but every time you say, it, I'm like, Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Um, but I just think that's like the coolest thing that we all have the same birthday. <laughs> that's very yep. special. It's August 23rd ladies. Um, do you want to share? Where yeah. And I will um, you send you the you? links too, but my podcast is on Apple, Spotify, and Google play. Again, it's, living the sky life. And then, um, the book is actually up for pre-order on Amazon, um, paperback and ebook. Um, and I can send you that link, um, but it's called welcome to my life, a personal parenting journey through autism. Um, and then I have an Instagram page for living the sky life and a Facebook page for that as well. So wonderful yeah i will I'll, I'll put all that in the show notes and connect to you well again thank you so much for for coming on and just for sharing your story i do think like you said it's so important for you know just everyone's voice to be heard i love that you said that like this show inspired yours that's yeah. such, like a, a high compliment and i think it really is to me it's like the more the merrier and we all have something mm-hmm. to share in a little bit of a different way so it's like it's so important for 
all all the voices to be heard because we're all just like helping to absolutely you know, create well this better future for our kids. <laughs> you too. Awesome. All right. Well, you take care. Bye. For you, the listeners of Adventures in Autism podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. I often get asked for book recommendations related to autism, and one that I always go back to is called The Out of Sync Child by Carol Kranowitz, and it was actually recommended to me by a friend who is also an OT, and I read this book years ago before Logan was even diagnosed. It's not necessarily just for autism. It also goes into like sensory processing disorder or ADHD, but it's just very valuable information and a really great resource that I still pull from today, even though I read it years ago. So that's a really good one. Sometimes just to get my mind off things, I also just enjoy good old chiclet. <laughs> I love anything by Emily Giffen, like something borrowed or something blue, and those are available on Audible as well, but you can pick from any of their titles. So to download Download your free audiobook today. Go to audibletrial.com slash adventures in autism. All one word. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash adventures in autism for your free audiobook. Okay, well, I hope you enjoyed listening to my conversation with Lori. I am just so happy that I was able to connect with her. I just think she is amazing and I can't wait to see what else she does. I mean, podcast, book, she's like really inspiring me and got my wheels turning. <laughs> um, I need to get my butt in gear. <laughs> so um, definitely check out Lori, follow her on social media. I, I'll put her, her links in the show notes, check out her book. If you're listening to this in real time, the book is coming out in just a couple days. So definitely pick up a copy of that. Uh, I know it is available on Amazon and you can pre-order it. Or like I said, it, it's going to be available in just a couple days. So very exciting stuff with Lori. And again, if you want to follow me, you can find me on Facebook at Adventures in Autism Podcast or on Instagram at Adventures in Autism Pod, or you can email me at Adventures in Autism 2018 at yahoo.com. I love hearing from you guys. I love getting feedback. If you have questions or comments, send them my way. I'm still looking for future guests for the show. I'm taking like a little bit of a recording break right now just with everything kind of going on in the home front. Um, but I plan to resume just as soon as I can. So if you're interested in being a guest on the show, if you email me with a little bit of backstory, uh, just about what you want to talk about on, if you're you know, going to come on an episode, I would love to hear from you. And if you're enjoying the show, if you would be so kind to hop on over to Apple podcast and leave a rating and review, preferably a five-star rating and review, that would be wonderful. I'd be so appreciative. And then one more thing I had shared this last week, but we do have a GoFundMe set up for my sister, which so many of you have so generously donated to. And honestly, just from the bottom of my heart, we appreciate that so, so very much. Um, and that link is on my social media. So if you, if you're able to, and you would like to, to donate, we, every little bit helps and we are so appreciative. So you can find that link over on my social media handles, but that is all for now. And until next time, take care.